0: Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Thank you for the music, and thank you again for being here with us this morning. We're going to continue in on a series that will actually conclude tonight. I don't know if all of you will be able to make it back tonight, but we will have a Uh, At 5 o'clock, we'll be doing more of a candlelight type of a service. It'll start at 5, and we will be done by 6. Some of you laugh and don't think that that's possible, but uh, we will be out of here by 6. I will not speak that long, and uh, we'll have a great time tonight. Just uh, if you've never been to one of our Christmas Eve services in the evening, uh, it's very family-oriented, very laid-back. We don't have anything crazy. It'll be some, uh, some carols and a little bit of... Uh, teaching, and then you will be good to go with your family, but uh, if you do come back tonight, we'd love to have you. We're going to be this morning, the title would be The Shepherds Proclaim. We've been talking over the last several weeks of the title of the whole a series has been the uh, the proclaimed Messiah, and so we started uh, i guess it 's been about four weeks ago where we looked at Isaiah and how Isaiah proclaimed, and then we looked at Micah and Micah proclaimed last week we talked about uh, John the Baptist and this morning we 're going to look at the shepherds and so i 've really grown to love this passage of scripture, and I almost hate calling it a part of the Christmas story, but uh, for where we stand, we would call it the Christmas story, but The shepherds were in the field keeping watch over their flock. There is just, to me, I I look at this and these were a group of people that were hard working. They were a group of people that were doing what they were told to do. There was a lot of mess going around the world at that particular time. There was... Uh, turmoil in uh, different people coming in and rulers and different uh, power struggles that were taking place between this country and that country and so on and so forth. But the shepherds just were there doing their job and there is just something to somebody that's willing to just go to work and get their stuff done and not be worried about everybody else. They were doing their job. These men had no care really in the world other than what they were to do. They were a group of lowly men, a group of outcasts. They were not of high report. They were men who were really almost, if you would call it, at the bottom of the of, of the food chain. They were nearly peasants. They were not educated. They were viewed as unskilled and often they were looked at as unreliable. They were looked at as dishonest. So much so that they were not even allowed to testify into the court. If we were to take this even a little bit further and we were to look at where we are, we're in Israel. Judaism was was prominent, obviously, in that part of the country. And as Judaism would rule and reign, it was all based on the law. And so even if you take it even a step further from just people that were not accepted, they were not accepted as their profession and as people because they were dirty and they were all these things. But spiritually speaking, in their faith, they were not, expect, they were not accepted. Because according to the law, there were certain things that you had to do. There was cleanliness that you had to maintain. Well, they were out in the midst of the fields and in the mountains for days and days and weeks and months on end. Typically, they would be in the mountains doing their work for months at a time. So they could not be ceremonially cleaned. So they were looked at and they were looked down upon. They could not take the day of Sabbath because they would be up into a mountain and they would be working. These were a group of people who were just outcast. It was a group of people that God sent his angel to share the birth of the Messiah that had taken place. Though God went to a hard-working, lowly people. He went to a people that were well-versed in the region. They would have known where they were and what was going on around them because of how they traveled with the sheep. A group who had their hands that were rough because of the hard work and the day's work that they would do over and over and over again. And here we come. We come to a a time where typically on an average day they would begin to slow down. The sun had set and the evening had came. And the shepherds would begin to 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 bring and to, to herd all of the sheep into a, into the sheepfold and into the gates, and they would they would get them in a in a corral, so to speak, and they would keep them so that the shepherds themselves could begin to get some rest. I don't know the time of the night based on uh, the specific moments, but we know these sheep or the shepherds were were keeping the the sheep in the sheepfold. And then we know the story. That the angel of the Lord came to them. They were roughly six miles or so from, from where Bethlehem was and where the birth would take place. And I like to think of different things as I study scripture. And, but I, I, I think of this and maybe it's not important. But I wonder how many of those sheep inside of that fold would have, before too long, been a part of the sacrifice for many that were around them. I wonder how many of those sheep that would have been out there would have been something of importance to somebody, spiritually speaking, or whatever it was. As much as these men were looked down upon, they were the same men that cared for the sheep that would soon become a sacrifice for their families as they would go to the feasts that they would go to. Maybe I I thought of this as well, that these same lowly shepherds, who they might be one day. See, if we were to go through Scripture, shepherds may be looked upon as, as nobodies, but if we were to go through Scripture, it says that Moses cared after the flock of Jethro. And if you know anything about the story of Moses, you know that Moses led the children of Israel, and he led them through some pretty amazing things. This was a nobody, This was a man who was afraid to speak because he stuttered. He was a shepherd boy, but yet God chose to use him to do miraculous things to continue to press on for the cause of Christ that would would be to come. What about the lowly shepherd boy that is often mentioned by the name of David? We know him as, as a man or a young boy that took the stones and and killed Goliath just a, a lowly shepherd boy a nobody who took a stone and slung it and hit day or hit Goliath right before the eyes as he fell before them and then he would go and stand upon Goliath the shepherd boy that would become the king God is to me in many of these stories all throughout the passage of scripture that we've looked at and all throughout the story of his birth and really going back, it's, it's not just at his birth, but all throughout Scripture, we see the grace and the mercy of God based on who he uses. We see God's grace in everyday people. Today, we're going to look at the shepherds. And we're going to look at how they proclaimed the Messiah. This morning we're going to look at three thoughts, how they heard, how they sought after, and how they spoke of the Messiah that was laid in a manger that would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, which is Christ the Lord. Father, I pray that you would be with us this morning. I pray that your word would be taught. I pray, God, that you would pierce the hearts of those that sit. And, Lord, that we would be challenged. Father, if there's one that doesn't know you as Savior this morning. Lord, there is no greater gift that can ever be accepted, ever be given at this time of the year. Really, any time, but even more special right now than that gift that you gave in your son. Lord, be with us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. The shepherds here is the first thought. Again, they were were in the midst of the field when the the sheep were inside of the gates and they were were getting ready to relax a little bit as I imagine they would just kind of go around every once in a while and just kind of keep making sure that things are okay. But this was the time that the shepherds would be relaxed. This was the time that they would kind of get their rest from the day as they would constantly be moving and constantly be walking and constantly be herding these shepherds all throughout the day. And then it says, all of a sudden, and the glory of God, shone round about them. Literally, it was this. They would be in, and I don't know if you've been, I don't know how many of you come from a place not called the city. I'd imagine many of you grew up in a place not called the city. But when you leave the city lights, it gets dark. You're like, oh, really? (laughs) When you leave town, it gets dark. I know for me, I grew up in a, in a small town in Ohio. I saw the stars at night. I could go outside in my backyard and we would see stars. When I go back home today and I try to drive in the evening, I'm like, holy cow, what's this like again? I have to remember what it's like to have to use my headlights. But in the evening, it would be pitch black and even more so where they were. And the time when they were. They may have had a a lantern that they would have been able to see around, but they would have been in the mountains. It would have been dark and all of a sudden the glory of God shone about them. That is literally a light that would shine, the field that would be brightened, the field that was literally probably looked like it was on fire and ablaze. If we were to take this and just continue to think on this thought, when was the last time that the children of Israel saw the glory of God? It had been a long time. We said last week that it had been over 400 years since a prophet had spoken from the time at the end of the New Testament until John the Baptist spoke. 400 years. And so if we're looking at 400 years, we have to go back even further before the last time that the... The glory of God shown to the children of Israel. We would know that the glory of God was there in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve would have seen the glory of God. But we also know that they chose sin. And they were banished from the Garden. We know that the glory of God was shown in the wilderness with the children of Israel. We know that the glory of God shone himself in the dedication at the tabernacle and later in the temple. And we also know through sin the glory left the temple and the children of Israel had not experienced the glory of God for centuries and centuries. And as we look at this passage of scripture it said the glory of God shone upon them and fear came about them. In verse number 9, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. As I studied and as I looked at all these things, there was many times that people came in contact with the glory of God. Maybe not a physical light, but there was many times that people were exposed to God throughout Scripture. In Daniel chapter 8, it says, so he came near where I stood and when he came I was afraid and I fell upon my face. In Isaiah chapter 1 we looked at this just several weeks ago but in Isaiah chapter 1 as as Isaiah saw the glory of God as Isaiah saw him Isaiah said what I am undone I am unclean my lips are unclean. He was humbled before God. In Matthew chapter 17, we're looking at the disciples and Jesus and they're speaking. And it says, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Let me just say this. There is a fear. There is an awareness when, when we encounter an almighty God. Today, you may, never, you may sit here this morning and you may say, just like I would say, I've never seen a light that beamed and shown me who God was. But I know of several times in my life where I I didn't see him, but I experienced and I encountered the amazing power of an almighty God. Where I was very well, if you would say face to face, with my sinfulness as a man, and I fell upon my face in ashamedness because I was aware of my sinfulness. These men these people that have experienced the glory of God, it's really just that. They, are, they become ex- extremely aware of a perfect and an almighty God in their own sinfulness. Some of them saw it through a light, others of them seen it in other different things that God allowed them to see. But there should be an awe and a brokenness of our sin. Proverbs 9 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Genesis, Genesis, Abraham feared God and went as far as laying his son down upon an altar. Because the fear of God, one, it's the beginning of wisdom. But as we fear God, as we have an awe of God, there's an awareness of our sin that hits us like a ton of bricks. There is an awareness of that. The shepherd said, or the angel said to them, Fear not. And this is what he says Fear not. And we know it. You could probably quote it with me. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I love the thought of reading this and studying this and to think. In the midst of every time that that these people throughout Scripture experienced an encounter with God, there was always something that came back and said, hey, fear not. But let me tell you what you're experiencing, in essence. Hey, fear not. Because, listen, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. See, in this time, in, in this, this day and age, Judaism was pretty much it. There was no all people, but yet they knew that there was a Messiah coming. They knew some of these things were, were going to happen. And the angel says, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people. What was always for the Jews was now for all the shepherds were hearing from the angel that the savior which is Christ the lord was for all people they were hearing the sign of a babe that was wrapped in swaddling clothes that would be lying in a manger that who is savior the king they heard of the good news the news that would that the world would soon have a savior that the world would soon know the news that jesus would bring peace Peace unlike anything that they had ever seen before. See, they were in the midst of war. There was wars going all around them. It was a matter of which king was on the throne, which king was the most powerful. And they were constantly fighting with each other. And the only way that there was peace was if this king basically said, if you do this, you will be killed. That was peace. Because I controlled what you did by saying, if you do this, you'll die. And I don't want to die, so I don't do it. They weren't offering them a peace that there would never be war. They were offering them a peace that you could have a peace in your heart. They were offering them a peace, a comfort that would be internally with them for all of eternal eternity. They were offering them a peace that God had come into the world that would fill the hearts of many that would provide a passion, a soundness, a security, a completeness, a completeness that no peace before ever was able to give. That was available to all people. And it says, then the multitude of angels came. There was an individual angel that came. And then it says, and the multitude of came. And then the host came and began to worship. Praise God and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. In Revelation five, I could read the whole chapter there, but I'm not going to. But it says in the, it begins to speak of uh, the praise that took place for the Lamb. In verse number 9, it says that they sung a new song, Thou art worthy. In verse number 12, they said, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. And here we see the shepherds uh, heard the angels praise Jesus. They heard the reason for this good news, that we would glorify God. The shepherds heard the good news of God, and based on that, they took action. They took action. This morning... Many of you, I don't, I'm assuming most of you, have been to church. This isn't your first time ever hearing the gospel presentation. But whether you've heard it a million times or you've heard it for the first time, each and every one of us has a decision to be made as we hear the gospel presentation, as we hear the gospel, we have an action that has to take place. Something has to take place. For them, they heard the gospel, and they began to seek. So the shepherds heard, and then the, se- the second point is the shepherds seek. The shepherds immediately began to seek and to search for this Messiah. It says, let us go and see this thing which has come to pass, that the Lord made known to us. That the Lord made known to us. Think about this, if you would. if we stop and we look at the shepherds and we recognize that the shepherds were lowly men, the shepherds were ceremonial, ceremonially unclean, the shepherds were unable to really worship the way that the, the rest of the, Judy, the, the, the church could worship. But yet God went out into a field and God knew who they were and God found them. Think about this for just two seconds. Have you ever stopped to think that God searched for you? God searched for you. See, you sit here today for a specific reason. God, in some way, shape, or form, tugged upon your heart and said, Hey, you should be in church this morning. And for whatever reason, you chose Oasis. Some of you, this is where you've been for several years. Some of you, this is your first time coming here. Regardless of that, God chose you. God seeks you and I. He sought you. He sought you. He sought after me. When I was dirty in a field just doing nothing, God found me. When you were dirty, wherever you were, God sought after and God found you. Let me ask you this question. Do you know Christ as your Savior this morning? Because if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've made a decision to, to follow after Him. Maybe it was just what we talked about just a moment ago where you did not see a light but you were very well aware of the sinfulness that you were and you came to a place where you got upon your knees and as each one of those said, they fell upon their face before an almighty God. They were so aware of their wickedness that they fell upon their face. There was a time in my life where I was aware of my wickedness and my sinfulness and I fell upon On my face before God And I said I need A savior If that is you today Then you Heard And you experienced God seeking after you Because I'll promise you this, there is not one of us in this room in our wickedness and sinfulness that we sought after Him. He sought you. He sought you out that you would know Him. That you would know Him. Jesus found us where we were. For the shepherds, it was in a field watching their flock, dirty and unclean, just like where He found each of us. I guess I I love the thought that he sent his son to the earth to be as a man. He came to us. He came to us. And to think that he seeks you and I. As we have came, as we've come to a place where we've said yes. Just as these shepherds do. The reality is this then. The shepherds had a decision to make. They could have very easily stayed right where they were. They had sheep. They had a job to tend to. But yet it says that they they left and it says that they left in haste. They quickly left. They they were seeking after This king, this babe that would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, they left where they were to begin to seek after. The shepherds heard, and they went seeking. They went with haste. They were in a hurry. Just as He seeks us, Jeremiah 29 13 says that if we seek Him with all of our heart, we would find Him. He desires that we seek Him. As the shepherds did in searching for the Messiah, That they were told of from the angels. Here's what is amazing and here's what's great to all of us, I hope. As you seek Him, you become more and more like Him. You draw closer and closer to Him. And we begin not just to understand more, though we learn and we grow in that... But it's not just a matter of having greater knowledge upon our heads, but that it, it sears our hearts. And as it sears our hearts, our desire is that others would follow along with us and is that we would go and we would tell. And with haste, the shepherds left and they went to a place where they did not know what they were going to find other than a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Listen, I'll just tell you this this morning. God has sought you out. God brought you here for a reason. For a reason, God brought you to Oasis Baptist Church this morning. But I also tell you this, God did not bring you here this morning just so that you could sit here and go, Oh, that was really cool. But He brought you here because He has something for you. And as we seek after Him, He will show you whatever that thing is. For them, it was a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. I'll promise you this and I'll tell you this and I could go around the room and I could share testimony or you could share testimony after testimony as you've sought after God's face how he's opened the door and how he has shown you himself to be real in your life. We could go through and share those testimonies. I could share testimony, I could stand here and I could go time and time again. I've been in Vegas 13 years. The last five, being the pastor of this church, I could tell you just in those five years, story after story, some of you have heard them and it may get to the point you're like, I've heard that before, I don't want to hear it anymore. But you know what? I've watched God's hand at work. And I've watched every time that I've sought after the face of God, he has begun to show me himself more And it's not just something that I've grown in knowledge because I could give the better answer. But as he sears my heart, it's not about what I know. It's about who I know. And it's about how he gives me a desire to know him more. But that came from him seeking me. And as he has sought after me, it has caused me to seek more after him. So the shepherds heard. The shepherds seek. And lastly this morning, the shepherds speak. The shepherds heard. They, were, uh, they went seeking for the Messiah and they spoke. The angels left. The shepherds were left wondering what to do. And, and, and instead they decided, they looked at each other and they decided to go. They were searching for the Messiah, the babe that would be wrapped in swaddling clothes that would lie in a manger. No doubt along their journey they were looking and asking. I can only imagine at some point these guys, I don't know how many there were, I don't know if it was five, three, two, we don't know the number, but I can imagine at some point they get to the place where they know Bethlehem, it's just a small town. Obviously somebody in Bethlehem is going to recognize the fact that there was a babe that was born in a stable. Someone had to know this. And as they begin to, to go in and they begin to walk, I can imagine at some point they're saying, maybe they're just looking. Maybe they go to every stable that they can think of and they can poke their head into and they can begin to go, okay, where is this? And they may, maybe they asked everybody that they came, hey, have you seen this babe that's wrapped in swaddling clothes? Hey, have you, have you seen? We were told that there was a baby that was in a, in a manger somewhere wrapped in clothes. Have you seen this? And everywhere that they would have went, they began to ask these questions to every person that they came in contact with. Because they were seeking after. They weren't just going, uh, maybe we'll go look over there. No, they were diligently seeking. Have you ever lost a child anywhere? If you're a parent, you've lost your child somewhere. If it wasn't for two minutes, it was longer. We lost our child. EJ was the greatest hide-and-seek dude ever. We searched the old campus for probably 20 minutes for Elijah one day. I was walking down the street. I went out to the road. I was outside. We were down in the parking lot. We were everywhere. He was sitting underneath my desk. (laughs) But as we went in, Elijah, Elijah, there wasn't a peep that came out of that boy. And we were looking everywhere. The only thing I did not do was look inside of my desk. And there he was in the corner of my desk. We were searching everywhere. Everybody that was there knew that we were trying to find Elijah. We laugh about it today. That moment it wasn't real funny. We were seeking. It was painful in a sense that where is he? Where did he go? What has happened? Now we didn't think it was just a handful of us that were there. Good night. But we were seeking after him. I'll never forget, I was a child and we went to, I think it was Geauga Lake in in Ohio, walking. Apparently I stopped to meander at all of the games and the things that were there in the carnival section of the amusement park. Well, everybody else kept on going. The panic that set in my heart at that particular moment, I don't know if it was five seconds or if it was, 50 minutes i don't know i know it was really brief but man i was looking everywhere where's mom man when you find that moment you seek your heart breaks i have got to find the wise men were seeking they weren't just nonchalantly active they were seeking for the savior They were asking those questions. Then they found the babe, just as they were told. Their faith was verified. The things that they had thought came to be true. The information that they had heard as they had traveled and they were looking for the Lord was just for them, that they had seen it. They began to share it. Think about this. They walked in. I don't know what Mary and Joseph were thinking. I don't know if it was the only two people that were there. But can you imagine random shepherds, dirty, filthy, who knows what, walking into where you have just given birth to your child and saying, Hey, my name is Aaron, and I was told that there's a baby here. But here they are. And I can imagine they, they stepped in or they, they, they poked their head in and they saw Mary and Joseph. And it says that they were just there for a brief moment. But they saw Mary and Joseph and they began to tell what was going on and what they had seen. And it, they saw the angel that told them to come. And they saw then they heard the, the glory of God in the highest and peace on earth. And they, they see all these things and they're sharing that with Mary and Joseph. And what does it say Mary did? Mary pondered all of those things in her heart. Can you imagine the confirmation of Mary and Joseph on that particular day? Who are these strange people that were miles and miles away, that heard from God, that here in this place, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and would be in a manger? The confirmation that God gave to Mary and Joseph on that day. I would have to think, based on reading Scripture, that they were a group, a couple that were faithful. They loved the Lord, but they were human beings, and I can't help but imagine that there was times where they were going, God, I don't understand this. God, what's going on? There's been times where I've made decisions in my life where I stepped back, and I'm like, I I believe that I have a peace from God, and I'm doing this, but I have no idea why I'm doing this, and then there was confirmation that came along, and I said, that's what I needed, and that's exactly why I'm doing this. God gives those to us. And as Mary and Joseph were sitting there, they began to see the confirmation that this is the Son of God. They began to to maybe just see it a little bit different than they had before. Now it's not just a baby, but The way that they experienced it. And then there was somebody else that came from a distance that had no rhyme or reason. Why would a shepherd come? This morning, for each of us this morning, I want us to, as we think about this. For those who believe in the revelation of God and Christ will come to him. We, they will accept his invitation. We will do as he has said. Come unto him, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give us rest. This morning, I don't know the dialogue between Mary and Joseph. I imagine the shock. I imagine the different things. But as I stated, there has to have been a confirmation. There was an assurance that this was the Messiah, the King of the Jews that just this, this Jesus was a special gift to the world. When these men heard and believed, when they did they acted by going and seeking out and then speaking. They went sharing the good news with all that they came in contact with. And then it says this. They left and where did they go back to? They went back to tend the sheep. They went back to do the job that they were called to do. And while they were doing it, what did they do? They praised God Almighty. Listen, this morning, I don't know where you sit. I don't know what the dilemmas are. I don't know where you are this Christmas season. Maybe you're here because it's Christmas, and that's just what you do around Christmas time. But let me just tell you, let me beg with you, let me plead with you. There is one gift that's been given. And listen, I don't know if you may feel this morning you are as dirty as you've ever felt in all of your life. You are impure as you've ever felt in all of your life. You are whatever it is. I don't know what that looks like. But maybe this morning you're like, I have no idea why I'm here. I don't really like church. But for whatever reason, today I came. God is seeking after you. He loves you. It started from the beginning when He put Adam and Eve into a garden. And He said, I want to have relationship with you. And as there was sin, and then there was the the sacrifices that came with all of those things, He said, you know what, I've got to fix this. I've I've got to provide a way that I can have a pure relationship. And so He gave His Son. And His Son was born in a manger, seeking after Me in My deepest, darkest state where nobody else knows what I'm dealing with and nobody else knows what I'm facing. I feel dirty. I feel unclean. I feel all of those things. But God is seeking after you. God loves you. And He will do so tirelessly. Hey, this morning, this Christmas season, what if you hear The call of God in your heart. The tug of God on your spirit. And you don't just sit there. But you begin to seek him. God, I feel, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm sensing right now. But I know you're seeking me. God, I don't quite understand it, but I know you're tugging upon my heart. God, I need to know you. Maybe this morning you would say, I'm going to seek after him. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and it's not just a matter of seeking after him. You've sought him as he has sought you. You've sought after him and you've got to know him. But you need to allow God to speak through you. Because it's so much deeper than just me saying, oh yeah, I'll follow Jesus. I'll go to church. Listen, he doesn't want you to go to church. He wants you to know him intimately. He doesn't want you to work in the nursery. He wants to know you intimately. He doesn't want you to play an instrument or sing a song or work in the sound booth or do any of these things. He wants to know you. And as you know him, all of those other things are a byproduct of it because I desire to honor him and serve him because I know him speaking about somebody that I love should not be difficult. It shouldn't be. And He's after you. He's seeking after you. This morning, would you hear Him? Would you seek after Him? And would you begin to act on all of those things? Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.